We've had conversations about the homeless crisis in our city, in our country, many, many times. And oftentimes you'll see somebody that is homeless that has belongings with them. Maybe it's a bag, maybe it's a grocery cart full of belongings. How much agency do they really have over keeping those items? And what do they mean to them? And what does it do when encampments are torn down for homeless people that otherwise have nowhere else to go? What does that What does that do and how much dignity does that destroy? We're going to get into that right now with our next guest, who's a professor of geography at Simon Fraser University. Nicholas Blomley is joining the show. Nicholas, thanks so much for making the time. My pleasure, Chelsea. It's great to talk to you. Yeah, it's great to talk about this because this sort of stemmed, uh, at least in um, in the article that I that I read about this, sort of from the the destruction of an encampment in Vancouver, which isn't unique to Vancouver. This happens all across Canada, where encampments are torn down, and you know that does a lot of damage to to a homeless person. So, how, why did you want to to study this or speak on this subject? Yeah, thank you. That's exactly right. I mean, we the, we we posted the we submitted the op-ed in response to the so-called decampment that was happening in the downtown east side of Vancouver, um, but wanted to uh, speak to the research that we've been doing over the past several years across Canada, um, and the focus has really been trying to understand uh, people's belongings, the importance of people's belongings. We all have stuff, stuff that matters to us. It has all sorts of symbolic and very practical dimensions, but most of us take our stuff for granted. We control our stuff because we control the spaces we live in. But if you're homeless, if you're living in a shelter, you're living outside, uh, you're living in um, uh, a hotel, uh, you often don't have control over those spaces. And as a consequence, people's stuff um, is constantly being taken from them, um, legally or illegally, both by bylaw officers or um, private security or unscrupulous landlords or even by homeless people themselves. And so really what we try to do in the research is just open that box. And it really hasn't been opened um, before. That was the focus. I would imagine, too, that the significance on belongings would be so much more profound for someone that doesn't have a lot of them. So the few items that a homeless person really has is something that they likely hold quite dear to them. Is that right? Well, that's right. I mean, yeah, all our stuff all matter, matters to all of us, but pe- precariously housed people made it very clear that that's all they have. <laughs> um, uh, all they have is their stuff. They don't have an apartment. They don't have a home. Um, so it matters, in a sense, even more than it might do for, for the rest of us. Um, and it's, it's also, there's a myth, I think, that, you know, if you're homeless, well, your stuff, you probably stole it or you were just given it. Um, and as a consequence, you don't have a relationship to that stuff. Um, it doesn't really mean that much to you. Uh, but it clearly does. Uh, and it means it, it's important that just both a practical level, if you don't have a tent or you've done don't have a sleeping bag or a warm coat and you're in downtown Edmonton or it's raining in Vancouver, then your life can be literally at risk. But it also matters at a very personal and very emotional level. Uh, and people, uh, homeless people spoke really profoundly about some of the dimensions of that. I think that, you know, there's a there's a conversation to be had about encampments and, you know, whether or not they should be in certain places in the city and whether it's fair to take a dig to, to take one of them down but I think when it comes to the belongings that that homeless people have I wonder if it's if it's regulated if someone goes to a shelter are they only allowed a certain number of items that's How, right that yeah 
That's right. There are, there are all sorts of hidden regulations that you wouldn't know uh, unless you were forced to be hauling your stuff around. So very often, yeah, if you want to go into a shelter, um, there'll be limits on how much stuff you can take in, maybe two, um, two tote bags or two uh, Tupperware boxes. Uh, many cases, if you have animals, you can't take animals with you, and homeless people often have very important relationships to animals. Um, so as a consequence, people have to leave stuff behind, and then they go into a shelter, and then they may find that they, their stuff isn't actually secure in those shelters, and they lose their stuff, and now they're out of the shelter, and they have no stuff at all. Um, uh, you see this in, um, uh, in other spaces as well. You know, even when you're outside, the more stuff you have, the more visible you become. Uh, I mean, it's not illegal to be outside. Uh, it is illegal, however, to put up a tent or uh, to obstruct a sidewalk. And so your stuff, the stuff that you need, the stuff that keeps you dry, um, become, put you at, put, can put you at risk in all sorts of ways. And that means that homeless people often have to make really difficult choices. Uh, they have to let stuff go. They have to store stuff. They have to put stuff in other people's places and put that at risk. Um, and as a consequence, they can put themselves at risk in the choices they have to make. Do I stay with my stuff and make sure it's protected? Or do I go and, uh, you know, go get food or go uh, access uh, harm reduction or go to see my doctor? And people spoke to us literally about the the choices they made, the kind of life, you know, really health-based choices they had to make that were very often tied to their belongings. But we don't often think about people's stuff. I, I, you know, I, I have seen so many examples of people in downtown Edmonton with big shopping carts overflowing mm. full of belongings. And I've, I've seen people, you know, sleeping next to those shopping carts and thought about that, thought about like how vulnerable your, your things are to you to maybe sure. be stolen while you're sleeping. I wonder, I wonder if it's, if it's kind of the same across the board, if it's people sort of trying to create this sense of home by collecting a large amount of belongings, or if it's if there's something more to it, maybe something something deeper, because you do oftentimes see someone that that doesn't have anywhere to go with a large collection of stuff. What does that have to do with? Well, I I think it also. I I could reflect many things. I mean, I can't speak for, you know, uh, people are complicated and have complicated needs, so right, we shouldn't right. generalize, right? But, yeah. but I mean, if, I think if, if, if I were faced with the reality that I had to be outside um, in a very uncertain world, I'd probably try and accumulate as much stuff as I could to try and give me that security and certainty um, and give me a kind of layer of security. So if I lose my, you know, if I lose that thing, then maybe I have that thing um, that I can hang on to. Uh, I mean, people who are homeless are often working. So people, for example, who are working in trades, um, they have to have boots. They have to have, um, you know, they have to have their, the, the gear they need to go to work. So people will often sleep with their boots on um, just to protect their, their, their boots, um, which isn't very healthy. Um, but, but, you know, you can understand why they need that resource in order to do the things they need to do uh, to access jobs or to access other services. I think people have a certain amount of compassion and empathy, but you know there there comes a point I think where some there's there's a school of thought where the idea is that well okay as long as it's not impacting my life or as long as it's not in my backyard and that sort of gets mm -hmm. us back to taking down this encampment in Vancouver. That's right. That's so right. how do you sort of ride that fine line of wanting someone to have a safe place to go or even come together as a community, but then protect the larger population of taxpayers as well? Ah, well, um, 
Well, uh, taxpayers don't like paying money, um, don't like spending, wasting money on taxes. We waste a colossal amount of money um, on homelessness. Homelessness is phenomenally expensive. Um, it's actually cheaper to, uh, to house people than it is to in, put them, leave them on the streets and not provide those services. Um, so if you're a taxpayer and you're worried about money, then uh, you, sh- you should be worried about the cost of homelessness. Um, I think it's, 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 it's also a question of, of um, recognizing that when you decamp, when you kick people out, um, the evidence actually tells us that people are in worse places, um, uh, that people are more likely to overdose, that people are more likely to be or women, for example, are more likely to be exposed to, uh, to, to, to violence. Um, there are greater risks, um, and that's bad for those people, and we should be concerned about those uh, people, um, and it's bad for society. So it's actually a, a bad policy decision to, to, to break up encampments. It's a smarter decision to provide housing. Um, or to speak to the people themselves about the, the needs they have, um, or to uh, support them in actually um, providing resources. Um, and people do this. Um, uh, people are smart. They'll, they'll organize and, and, and uh, uh, look after themselves, look after their stuff, which is often why people actually come together, because other people can keep an eye on your stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm glad that you put it that way, that it seems like homelessness is a really expensive problem, because it certainly seems that there's always money that's kind of being thrown at it, and yet we still have a very visible, very real issue, uh, Mm -hmm. certainly that we can see here in Edmonton. Is there Mm -hmm. anywhere, Nicholas, that you feel in Canada is, or even elsewhere, that's doing it right? Where do we look to for an example? Well, we could look to uh, Canada 30 years ago. Um, I came to Canada 30 years ago, um, and when I came here, um, we were just about to start making a whole series of decisions um, that actually created homelessness. through defunding of social services, to changes in the social safety net, to changes in housing. Um, So uh, I think people often think about homelessness as something that's always been with us. When I talk to students, of course, that's what they're used to. Um, But people who've been, uh, who've who've lived in this country for uh, a few decades, um, I think if they reflect on how things were, they'll recognize that, yes, there was poverty, but we also had resources in place. We'd made the investments, not just throwing money at police, for example, uh, who can then come to the downtown east side in very large numbers and decamp, um, but but smart decisions, smart investments that actually have real uh, benefits to uh, providing and uplifting people who who, who need need a bit of a a helping hand. Nicholas, thanks so much for your time and for your perspective on this. Really appreciate it. My my, my great pleasure, Chelsea. Thanks a lot. Yeah, of course. Take care. Thank you. That's Nicholas Blomley, Professor of Geography at Simon Fraser University, talking about, uh, of course, homelessness as a larger societal issue and the belongings that are essential to having some sense of humanity or feeling of safety uh, as, as a homeless person and denying that dignity to them and all of the ways that their belongings are vulnerable.